God bless you. I just want to talk to you about the struggle of victory and uh, some of the uh, some of the misconceptions about victory, about the Christian walk, about what the Bible actually says about life uh, and what it means to be a Christian or a follower of Christ and uh, some of the things that we do face that some people lose heart, lose their lose their um, lose their vitality uh, and their strength. Um, for life because of some of the things that they go through. Some of the, we call them uh, the inability to hit a curveball. You know, when life throws a curveball at you, well, many, many that are in depth in the faith, they, we call this spiritual warfare where warfare steps in. And so I want to be talking to you a little bit about the struggle of faith. What, what does the Bible say about um, your struggle? You know, is it, and is it necessary for you to struggle? You know, and, and in, in your development, uh, is struggle necessary? Um, well, st struggle, struggle is as necessary as victory is. And, and you'll find this, and I find this as a coach, as I've coached and played and, and uh, was able to, was able to hit certain levels that, that uh, of high skill in wrestling, baseball, basketball, whatever, you know, being able to, being able to compete at high levels, it gives you a good picture of, of what it takes to actually be victorious and to understand victory and to understand the different elements of victory and um we're going to be talking about losing when you lose and that, that that's another that's a that's another aspect of your process and um just as winning uh there, there, there is losing there's times where we lose it in life where something doesn't go the way we anticipated or we competed for something and we didn't we didn't obtain what we wanted or or we had something and we didn't possess it and we no longer possess it we lost it and this this dynamic this dynamic of winning and losing it brings you to two places in life okay two places um, one of contemplation or reflection where we begin to think we begin to think about what had happened and two it, it starts to talk about change we start looking at things that w that we have to change okay listen victory doesn't doesn't teach you anything losing doesn't teach you anything but they are catalysts for different levels of thinking they're different levels of thinking those levels of thinking leads you to lessons, leads you to places where you are now seeking new and higher ways of doing things because what happened out there can't happen again. God bless you, my brother. Um, and so we're going, we're going to be putting these things into perspective because in this, in this world of replacement language, meaning we don't like we don't like certain words or certain tones, so we'll replace it with others. We don't like losing. We don't like that word or that term to lose. We don't like that because, you know, because it's a, it's a subtraction, okay? Well, let me tell you something. There's some things that need to be lost in your life. There's some things that you need to get rid of. There's some things that, that uh, you know, the reason that you're not victorious is because you're still winning in all the wrong things. And so we, we have to we have to start understanding that losing losing gives us an opportunity to rethink a thing. 
it gives us an opportunity to rethink strategy and to put us in a better position because losing losing in something really really um causes us to take a great um a, a great inventory of who we are and where we really want to be and and and, and again Losing doesn't teach you anything. Losing exposes you something, exposes things to you. It exposes who you are and what you are. It exposes everything. Losing, losing uh, exposes the work that you've done and the work that you haven't done. Okay, it exposes it. Real, real, uh, real contemplation or real thinking about that. You know, it, it starts to put a different taste in your mouth because you don't want to lose again. Therefore, it pushes you to what? It pushes you to change your strategies. It t pushes you to start removing things and adding things. Those are the things that, that losing brings you to a position of, a position of change. And again, so we don't want to speak negatively of losing because it's necessary to lose. Paul was on a voyage and he, and, and he says, hey, we are going to lose life. You know, we're going, to lose, we're going to lose a lot of things here, but we won't lose life. There's going to be a loss of things. We're, we're not going to, not everything on this ship is going to make it to the other side. Okay. But because of your disobedience, you didn't listen to me before we took this voyage. I told you, let's not go because it's going to be a dangerous ride. You, you, you didn't listen to what I said. And now we're in these consequences. However, an angel of the Lord appeared to me and he told me that we're going to lose a lot of stuff, but not lose life. In other words, you know what? Some of us have lost a lot of stuff out of disobedience. However, we haven't lost life. We have an opportunity to reflect correctly and have proper strategies put in place and learn some things now. Because when, when, when you understand losing, okay, when you understand the power of a loss, what it does to somebody, it either makes you or breaks you. It makes you or breaks you. And if you don't know how to respond correctly, okay, because you know, losing don't care if you learn anything and winning don't care if you learn anything. Those are just goals. Those are just objectives. Those are just purposes. Okay, they don't care. It's, those are in our, you know, you hear so many misconceptions about winning and losing. They don't care. You know, it, it, it's how you respond. It's how you develop. It's, it's what it does to you. What does it cause you to do? What does it cause you to become? See, it exposes, winning exposes a lot, and so does losing expose a lot. And so when, when you start looking at what a winner is, a winner is somebody that, that, that um, succeeds over a struggle. That's a victor. That's a victor, you know. It's somebody that overcomes a struggle. You, that's why you can look at any area or look at all kinds of people in life, you know, all, all, all life matter of life when you start looking at it everybody is in a struggle to overcome something and there are winners and there are losers there are people that are not going to hold their ground or hold their possession that's just simple that's just the way it is there are some people that are just losing why because they haven't had proper reflection and then proper strategy they haven't been honest with themselves you know, I'm, I'm going to get into some sports 
Sports Illustrated stuff. But I'm going to get you into some biblical sporting analogy that you can start looking at so that you can start saying, you know what, I got, I've, got to, I've got to start winning. I've got to start taking ground. I've got, you know, this is enough. Some of us are just so living in Babylon for so long. You know, Babylon is, is the Hebrew word for, for confusion. We don't know what's right anymore. We, 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 we go to church, we do this, and we still got confused thoughts. We still got mis, misconceived behaviors. We still got conflicting ideas. We still have all these things, and we've been in church forever. Why? What, when are you going to stop losing? When are you going to change your strategies? When are you going to, when are you going to begin to take that real step that you have to take? Okay, when, when are you going to have to start, when are you going to put real plans in place? When are you going to start making uh, tactical changes? You know, what are ta tactical changes? Are people changes? How am I going to get better and with who? Okay, those are tactical changes. Okay, not just strategy, not just the hows, you know, where the planning, you know, but the tactics, people. You know, athletes do this all the time when they lose. They change coaches because the tactics have to change. Why? Because the planning has to has to change because the planning didn't work before. There's all kinds of there's all kinds of things that losing exposes. But don't take losing out of your out of your vocabulary. Don't don't exchange it for for something pretty and cute. Losing should be painful because it exposes some things. And winning should be should be painful. And, and I'm going to explain that to you. It should be painful. Winning should be painful so you can continue on the right paths. There's, there's some people that they get victorious in something and then they forget how they got victorious. That's not what we want to do. We have to remember what brought us to this victorious thing. And so when I look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse, two, uh, verse 14, I, I just want to share a, little, so a few thoughts with you about this. And it says this, Now thanks be to God who always leads us to triumph or victory in Christ and and the and through and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place so the victory of of a christian should be changing the environment to smell more like heaven here on this earth so your victorious living your overcoming things should be shifting your your the atmosphere and what people smell about the gospel and what they smell around your life towards towards the kingdom of god you should be shifting things because of your victorious or your triumphant and and, and i love that 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 word triumphant it it it, it means it means to to honor okay to make um to to take uh possession of something that you didn't possess possessed before and so we have this we have this territorial mindset now with triumphing okay we have this idea that if we that if we keep doing what we're doing we're going to conquer land and territory and we're going to change the atmosphere of that location or wherever we go we're going to we're going to put a we're going to put a different smell in the air of wherever we go because we're taking the territory okay we're taking territory triumphant whenever we go and this is what second corinthians chapter 2 14 uh, kind of leads us that christ always leads us 
towards victory. See, the thing is, who are we following? What are, are we, are we, um, what I would call soulish Christians, you know, where, where we just, you know, we, we just, you know, let anything come into our minds? Or are we really spiritual Christians? Those that take everything into their heart. The sermons on Sunday come into our heart. When transformation comes into our heart. We take the word of God seriously. Okay. Uh, who are we? Okay. Who are we? What, what, what are we all about? See, this is why competition and sporting and Paul writes the way he does. Paul writes athletically. Paul writes as, as, a, as a laborer. He calls, you know, he uses metaphors such as a soldier and a farmer. These physical labor things. Because see, if you think your Christianity is just, is just hearing and singing in church and not battling, it's not sowing and reaping and pulling weeds. And, and uh, if we don't understand those things, a soldier ready, ready for military war. If we don't, if we don't understand those things, those are metaphors. Those are, those are, uh, those are spiritual realities. You have to be ready for this. This is what winning and losing exposes. And then there's things that you can learn. Okay, there's there's lessons you learn after you make changes. Losing exposes so much. And so many people are in denial that the fact that they're losing ground. They're losing they're, they're losing ground on everything. You know, the, we we have we have to start shifting and start looking at these at these uh, biblical texts and be sober-minded about them. I should be winning. I should be taking territory. I should be doing this. And if I'm not, I'm losing ground. I'll I'll explain some more things as we continue to move on. I will not give up my mind. I will not give up. I will not give up anything. I won't give up my grandkids. I won't give up my wife. I won't give up. There are things I will not give up. Why? Because in Christ, I have already taken that territory. I've already taken that, that, those areas of life. We've already done those things, you know, and, and we have to, again, winning, winning breeds an attitude. Winning breeds the right attitude. Losing breeds an attitude also. Okay. Losing breeds an attitude also. So if you have lost some things, it exposes some things. And now that we can start making strategic, strategic plans and put tactics in place, different people in place. You know, some some people go to the same church and they're beat up all the time. Maybe you need, maybe you need a different tactic. You need you may need to go to a different church, listen to a different preacher, one that will preach you the truth of God's word and challenge you, so you can get some victorious thinking in there. Not just a, a biblical social club that we go to that breeds no change, that keeps you in a losing cycle. Losing sucks, but the only way to get out of there is to is to is to actually stop like losing, stop like feeling depressed, stop. Liking those things. You know, I've trained athletes all my life. And I'll, I'll tell you something. There's some kids that like to lose. They like to lose. They look great in practice. They look great, you know, you know whether it's batting practice or whether it's, or whether it's um, a wrestling practice, drilling. They look unbeatable in the room, but they go into a tournament. They start competing. They start getting their real life, and they get dumped on. And they quit in the middle of the process. You say, that's not the same kid that I, that I work with all the time. Yeah, because you know what? They, we call those uh, wrestling room All-Americans. They, they're, they're great in the wrestling room, but they can't compete outside of that room. 
they like they they don't mind losing. There's people, there's Christians that don't mind giving up their their territory, giving up their peace, giving up their joy, giving up their giving up their righteousness, giving up their giving up all these things. They, they don't mind doing that as long as they can feel good, because victory is a struggle, and so is and so is losing. Losing is a struggle, and so I, I, I bring this to you because of the the mindsets that people have. Regarding winning and losing, okay. If you if there, there's some things that if you don't reflect right on winning, you will make mistakes with the spoils that you win. And if you and if you lose, if you don't think right about the about the the things that you just lost and why you lost, you you will never bounce back and become what you should be. Now let that sit a little bit. Because we have to start understanding this is a game. <laughs> this is a game of, of consequences. This is a game of choices. This is a game of standing up or sitting down. This is that game. And, and so when, when you start looking at the, 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 the landscape of what Paul was writing here, where he says, now thanks be to God who always leads us to victory. Again, this... This is this is a hard pill for a lot of people to, to to swallow because they don't feel victorious. They they feel like they're losing ground. They feel like that. Okay, now there's there's not a Bible for you and a Bible for for everybody else. Okay, you don't get a boohoo Bible. You don't get a Bible that, that that gets that you can you can change the vocabulary and you can and you can make it say whatever you want. No, that that's not how this thing works. Okay, he says he says that Christ always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. So again, what we should be doing is flowing the knowledge of God out of us. And changing the atmosphere all around us because we are taking territory. This scripture here speaks of a triumphant Christ taking back what the enemy has stolen. And so this is this is the engagement that 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 we want to we want to really start looking through those lenses. That you know what my life should be a fragrance of winning. No more bad attitudes. No more moody moody Christians and boohoo and and I just don't feel like it. And and I, yeah, those are those are amateur those are amateur Christianity uh, ways of behaving. When you start maturing, you start you start taking it on the chin. You got to develop a chin. In, in, in Christianity where you're going to get hit in the jaw and you just can't lay down. And if you get knocked down, you got to get right back up. Why? Because victory is a struggle, but so is losing. You just have to decide what side of the struggle you're going to be on. When you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 24 through 27, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to just pick up a few of these key Greek words here. Okay. I'm going to give you some words that will kind of open this up for us. Okay. It says, uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. says this, do you not know that those who run in a race all run? Okay, there's Christians that are walking. There are people that are walking. You're walking in your word. You're, you're walking. You, you're running. The metaphor is to run. You, I want you to get that, this idea of, of, of when you're reading your Bible that you're actually interactive with it. Asking yourself, 
Okay, am I doing what the scriptures tell me? Am I running the race? Not walking the race, not trying to figure it out, not lacing up my tennis shoes, but running the race. Listen, it says, but one receives the prize. In other words, there is a there is a competitive, there's a competitive attitude that one has whenever they lace up their, their Christian tennis shoes on. Okay, when you say I am a Christian, you're out to win a race. There's an attitude. There is a victor attitude. There's a territory. There's something that you're after. Now, now read your scriptures. Paul's not Paul's not hiding anything from us. Paul's not Paul. Paul proved this out. That Paul everywhere Paul went, he went and he and he conquered land. He took that territory. He apostolically established the kingdom of God. He went and just took things. He he went and, he went and spoke to the highest powers. He went to spoke he went to speak to to all the all the big wigs about who Jesus is. Why? Because he put his and he was running. He was running. See, the one thing one of the things that, that most Christians don't think about is you you're on the time limit, so am I. I gotta run. I got. I gotta get this thing done. Listen to what he says here. He says, "Do you not know that those who run in a race all run?" Okay, stop walking. No, bro, brother, you're so mean. No, no. Do you want to win? Are you out to obtain something? See again, the, the, you cannot be an aimless Christian. You have to be obtaining. Do you know what you're after? See, winning knows what they're after. What are you after? This is, a, this is an important thing because going to church makes no sense if you don't know what you're after. Doing all the things we do makes no sense unless we know what we're after. I'm running because I'm after something. I'm after a prize. I'm after that reward. I'm after that. I'm after that territory. I'm after this. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. In other words, there's, there's Christians that are running and and. They they have they have no no idea that their that their pace is so slow they can't obtain anything. Sick in the health, sick in the mind, slow to react to the things of God. No, you're too slow. There are people that are just too slow. They're just too slow. Slow to believe God. Quick to complain, slow to believe. You know, no, we can't do that. We can't do it. Some say, well, you know, no, I'm a coach. No, we, our job as coaches, as preachers, as apostolic leaders is to make you do what you don't like to do so you can have what you really want to have. Do you want to obtain anything? Do you want to obtain the prize? Well, then why are you running? Why do you come to church if you're not after something? What are you after? This is this scripture here, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 24 through 27, begins to begins to give you that push that there's a pace to Christianity. How bad do you want? You got to be at a faster pace than anyone else. You have to be at a faster pace than anybody else. That means that you've got to train privately. That means that you have to have a higher training process and a training uh, program than anybody else. There's one thing that's so worse about, about our, about our internet culture where everybody gets a mic and everybody can just start preaching and speaking. It's what you call overexposed and underdeveloped. 
You got no training program on it. Nobody can verify for your character. Nobody can verify for your marriage. Nobody can verify for anything. But but yeah, just go ahead and go ahead and just start talking good goobly goo. Prophesy all this stuff out there. Prophesy, oh, the Lord's gonna bless you. He's gonna open the doors for you. I'm praying for a miracle for you. God tells me there's a miracle for you. Wait, whoa, hold on. You don't even know me. You don't even know the junk I'm in. You don't even know the repentance that I'm in. I I may have to take. May, that may have to take place first before all this stuff even happens. And we, we this overexposure and underdeveloped prophetic things that are out there, they're dangerous. Why? Because they're running without any tennis shoes on. You got, you got, you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. Hey, listen to all the bless me club or the party line of, uh, of grace stuff that's out there. Without the hard work, and the labor of training, of of taking care of taking care of your 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 body, taking care of your mind, taking care. See, some of us don't realize that that you know what we've abused our body. You shorten your ministry. You abuse your body. You shorten your ministry. I'll say that again. If you abuse your body, you shorten your ministry. Your ministry only goes as far as your body will take it. That's why so many Christians die of diabetes, they die of heart attacks, they die, they die of all these things that if they would have added wisdom to their days, they would have extended their days. If they would have stopped eating all that junk, they, they would have started walking and exercising and keeping that body strong and firm and maybe lifted a few weights and maybe, maybe done some things and they would have extended the life of their bodies. Listen. It's a serious thing. Ministry is a serious thing. It's not just getting on an airplane and flying places and telling people truths. No, that, that's not what it's about. It's about living a full life. It's about living a full, complete, biblical life. I'm in a race. I am running a race. I'm out to obtain a prize. I, I always tell I always tell the wrestlers that, 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 that I've trained over the years, I says, if you don't love to compete. Those that love to compete, love competing against you. I'll say that again. If you don't love to compete, those that do love to compete, they love to compete against you. You're what we would call a, a first round buy. You're, 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 you're the guy that everybody wants to fight because no, you, they know you can't fight. So they, you're, you're the warm-up round. You're, you're, you're the guy that, that just, you know, everybody wants to, wants to face because you don't, like to, you don't like to compete. You don't like to. You like to give up your family. You like to give up your marriage. You like to give up on things. You just like to. You don't want to fight for anything. Hey, this is a fight. The, the ministry is a fight. Christianity is a struggle. Oh, no, brother, it's all grace. It's all, nah, no, you don't, you don't have the right Bible. And if you don't have the right Bible, if you do have the right Bible, then you're listening to the wrong people. This is this this is a this is a warfare that we're in. This is a Babylonian, a confused system that we're in. And if you're not prepared with truth and with knowing who your enemy is, then you're going to be fighting all the wrong things. You're going to become complacent. 
you will not have a right strategy. There's one thing that the, there's certain certain things that certain things that, that that as a coach that that once I knew of my my kids were going to compete against other kids, I would have a scouting report on them and I would train them according in order to defeat. Well, if you don't have people around you that know how to defeat things for you, if your preachers aren't preaching things to help you defeat those things in your life, you're not being trained on overcoming. You have no fragrance coming out of you. And so, I, as I, as I look at as I look at at the landscape of 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 this younger generation that have embraced crazy stuff, have become aligned with with things that are unbiblical. And in the name of inclusion, they embrace everybody and everything. No, the Bible's ex exclusive. It's exclusive. It's 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 exclusive. Listen, listen. The Christianity is exclusive. It's not for everyone. Not it's a narrow gate, and few find it. It's not a wide gate where everybody goes. It's a narrow gate. It's narrow. And this church is uh, these pretty other oh, God, God embraces all this cultural garbage. No, he don't. And so as a Christian, we got to start winning these wars. We got to start going into these territories. And what we have to start doing is we have to start putting the fragrance of Christ out there. Romans, uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27 says this. Do you not know that those who run, run in the race, but one receives the prize, um, run in such a way that you obtain it. And everyone who competes, now again, I know there's a lot of non-competitive people. I, I I get that. Okay. I that's so mean. Oh, that's so hard. That's so you want to win or not? You know, do you want to win or not? You want to overcome this? See, one of one of the, 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 the problems you have in training people is that if you don't get to the quitter in somebody. Those of you know, those of you know that those of you that are married, isn't it irritating when your when your husband or your wife quits on things? You're a quitter. See, if you don't get to the quitter in people, if you don't get to that which makes people quit, what is their quitting point? What's your quitting point? See, what's your quitting point? See, you can't train anybody that 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 is going to quit on you. John, uh, John Mark quit on, on Paul. Barnabas wanted to bring him back. And Paul says, no, no, don't bring that quitter back to me. No, no, he quit on me on the first trip. He's not going to quit on me again. Because quitters leave a bad taste in somebody's mouth. Paul was trying to train John Mark so that John Mark wouldn't quit. Where's the quitter? See, when you're training to win, when you're training to do these things, you have to expose the quitter in people. And when are they going to quit? That's why Hebrews says that you are in need of endurance, that after you have endured, you will obtain the promise. Hey, I'm going to get under this thing, and I'm going to stay under it. This word compete. Agonizomai. Agonizomai. You know, those who compete, those who agonize. See, if your Christianity don't, don't bring you to agonizing situations, I told you, winning is agonizing. Preparing, preparing for that moment to compete is agonizing. Again, I've trained wrestlers and, and now I, 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 
I'm affiliated with some boxers. You know, I, I do these things. I see the struggle in preparation, the hours of training, the push-ups, the sit-ups, the miles of running, the discipline in food, all, all those things that take place in order to compete. Why is Paul using these words? Agonizomai. Because there's agony. There's agony in the process. There's agony. The greater your goals, the greater the agony, the greater training, your preparation, your process. It's all agonizomai. It's it's all, do you want to compete? Then get ready for the agony. You know, and, and, and I know I'm, I touched a lot of little little topics and subjects here, but but Christianity is not Christianity is not roses and unicorns and, and angels floating around and, and all that. No, it's you understanding uh, how to make good quality decisions on whether or not you want to compete because you're going to choose the agonistic, your agonizing process. You're going to choose it. You got to choose to compete. You got to kill the quitter and choose to compete. The agonizomai, the struggle. I mean, I want you to just say struggle. Tell yourself, yeah, I'm in a struggle. It's okay to struggle. You know, I remember as I was training my, my son um, when he was young and, you know, eight, nine, ten years old. And, you know, I was training him and, and um, he became one of the nation, one of the greatest wrestlers in California. And nationally, you know, just one proud, proud, you know, of, of all the things he accomplished. But there's a point where, where I would put him in agonizing situations. I would train and run with him and do all these things with him. Why? Because he wanted to compete. Well, then if he was going to compete, there's going to, there's going to be agonizomai to him. There's going to be some agony to this thing. There's going to be some struggles. I can't keep trying to save him from struggles. He's going to struggle. You know, I remember, I remember he was shooting on my leg and I would, I, you know, he was a small guy and I would just, I would just hold him there with one leg and, and one arm and, and I would put him on his back a little bit and he'd look at me and, and I would make him get off his back and he would struggle. What was I doing? I was, I was, I was, I was letting him know that it's not going to be easy. If you can beat me, then you can beat any kid out there. So guess what? Start taking me down. But you know what? I'd start, you know, I would make him struggle to get his moves. I'd make him, he hate. He hated certain things. I would put him on his back and hold him there. Well, I was teaching him that victory is a struggle if you want to win. Well, his first year in college, he finally threw me all over the, all over the room. Now I had a struggle. Okay, I understood the struggle was real when, when you started meeting real, some real skilled people. But in that development of com competition, he had to learn agonizomai. He had to learn it wasn't going to be easy. He had to learn that it was going to be tough. He had to learn those things. Stop keeping people from struggle. Stop bailing people out. They have to learn to compete, to learn to go through struggle. Struggle is part of it because your opponent doesn't care. Your opponent doesn't care if you like struggle or not. Because if they have struggled and they've overcome their processes, they will, they will win. Tough people. 
It's the process of becoming tough. It's the process, and I know, I know we live in a, in a greasy, gracy, you know, oh, God will love me and God will forgive me. And God, no, hey, hey, keep that. Keep that. If that's your perspective, keep that. But when you compete, agonizomai, the agony of process of victory, okay? Because, it, listen, I, I, I've, I've trained so many athletes that, that they hate losing because that brings agonizomai too. That brings a different struggle. That means that whoever they faced either had more ability or had more tactics, had more strength, had more than them, and they were not prepared for that. That's when, that's when, that's when the real changes come in losing. You lost something. You no longer obtain your, your, your pure record. You no longer obtain what you once obtained. Something got taken from you there. That's a bitter feeling. And if you don't learn to agonizomai, struggle, struggle through that to get to another place, then you're going to stay there. Winning is a struggle, and so is losing. Most people that, that win, the reason they lose is because they stop doing the things that cause them to win, which is the struggle of becoming great, maintaining great. See, holding holding a winning streak, holding a winning streak athletically means that you go out there every single day and you're more perfect than the other person is longer. Let that sink in. Consistency. Consistency in a skill longer than anybody else doing it better, longer than anybody else. That's why Paul, Paul, as, as I close this thing out um, in a little bit, <laughs> Paul, Paul tells us, I fought in 1 Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Fight, okay, the good fight of faith. And at, in 2 Timothy, he says, I have fought. Fighting and I have fought. One is present tense, the other is past tense. I'm not fighting no more. I'm getting ready to be poured out. I'm done fighting. Now I will be a divine example for everybody else on how to fight. See, you got to learn to compete. And you know, one of the other myths, one of the other myths about, about winning and losing, the hardest worker doesn't always win. It's the one that executes at the right time and at the right place. This idea that you deserve to win because you get you you work now that that goes that goes out the window when you when you compete. It's who takes it. It's who takes the shot. It's who's unafraid. It's who is bolder. It's who makes the move. It's who takes what they want. That's that's winning and losing. So if you if you you can be the most skilled, the most talented, but if you if you're not bold at the right time, you miss your opportunity because you didn't speak up. A closed mouth don't get fed. We have to start understanding this 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 ideology of, of winning and losing. That they're, they're there. Don't take losing out of the equation. In Christianity, don't take losing out of the out of the equation. There's some things that we have lost in Christianity. Look at our culture. Look at look at what they've done to Hollywood. Remember when they when Hollywood was making the Ten Commandments and they were making they were making all these wholesome movies back back in the fifties and the sixties and the seventies. And the church was out there. We lost ground. 
What about the education system when we all stood up and did the, the flag and in some places they did the Lord's Prayer in some of the public schools and we did all those things. Where, we lost it. We lost ground. We lost it. And instead of letting go, we have to now start being bold and step up and start saying enough is enough. We're taking back. We have to start having what? A different strategy. We have to start having different tactics, different people in different places to make us better and stronger. That's why when, when athletes lose, when boxers lose, when when you know when, when they lose, what do they do? They normally change their trainer. Why do they change their trainer? Because of different tactics. They need a different person that has a different set of information that will push them to a higher level. See, winning winning is winning is 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 imperative. And, and, and we make that an option. There's no other options. And, and we've given people options. We've, we've made the church mediocre. The Bible does, and he tells us we're, we're supposed to be triumphant in everything. We're supposed to be taking territory in everything. Not in some things, in everything. Every home, every marriage should be strong. Every wife should be loved. Every husband should be honored. Every child should be honorable. No, we just kind of let that pass on. We let we let YouTube raise our kids. We give them tablets. We there's no communications. Fathers are no longer leading the leading the home. The mother is the voice of everything. Fathers giving giving everything up, and and we settle for that. No, no. We have to start taking back what rightfully belongs to the church, to the kingdom of God. What is our authority as men? We got to start there. What is our place in the home? What's our place? What's our home life look like? We need to have some come to Jesus meetings with our family. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to start winning this family war again. We're not going to have the rebellion kids anymore. We're not going to have these kids that don't understand us anymore. We're not going to do that. Fathers need to become teachers again. Homes need to become places of safety where we communicate the gospel and we indoctrinate our kids on who they are and who we are and who God is in us. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We got to start winning. We have to start winning that war. We have to start breaking the cycle of rebellion again. How do you do that? You got to start running the race. If you're walking the race, you're not running and you're not running to win anything. We have to start walking to win. If you're not going to church to win, win your family, win your, win your, win in, on every aspect of Christianity, then you don't get it. I, I, I got too much in there, in here to go there. If you look at Ephesians chapter 6, 10, verse 10, you know, Paul writes, it says, finally, brethren, right? Finally, brethren. Okay. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I don't have time to break all this stuff down for you. Okay, I can, I can exegete all this for you, but I just wanted to hit this point with you. He says, for we do not wrestle. I, I like that word wrestle. For we do not wrestle. The word wrestle is pale, okay? That's where you get the word palladium for, the stadium, the place where, where grappling, wrestling takes place. It's the struggle. It, the palais is the wrestling, the struggle. For we all struggle. We're all in this fight. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. 
but against. Against, that word against is the Greek word pros, P-O-R-O-S, pros, which means to turn and face, to advance towards, to keep moving forward. In other words, we are, we are to compete against our enemy face to face. We're supposed to be facing our problems face to face. We're supposed to be going after this face to face. We're supposed to be taking back the territory face to face. So Paul writes this idea of this struggle. He says, for we wrestle. He didn't say for I wrestle. In other words, it wasn't just his thing. It was our thing. He, it, he made this inclusive to all Christianity. He, he, he said, we all struggle. So don't sit there and think that the preacher on TV hadn't been struggling and people don't struggle. We're all in this struggle. We all struggle with things. We're all face to face with things. See, one of the things you learn about wrestling, and I'm not talking about pro wrestling, because some churches like pro wrestling, okay? Is your Christianity like pro wrestling? Where everything is staged out, everything is programmed out. Hey, you know the winner, the guy's gonna, the, the, the preacher's gonna say this, and then, then this, and this is gonna happen. Your, your church is pro wrestling. Your life is pro wrestling. Or is it real Christianity where you're really in the face of all your demonic enemies? Are you really in the face? Are you face to face with all the things and all the issues that have come against your life? That's Christianity. For we wrestle, we are in the palais, we are all in the struggle. I didn't even, I didn't even get a chance to, to get 1 Corinthians when he says we run, but he says but like a boxer, boxing and hitting air. You know, some of us are just boxing and hitting air. The word boxing is, is the Greek word to mean to close your fist. In other words, Paul's letting you know that this is a physical, Christianity is physical. Some of us don't like to fight. I it hurts, oh to train oh Paul says for we wrestle we all of us all of us we wrestle not against flesh and blood blood but against but against pros okay against principalities and powers and rulers in high places right but we're against we have an enemy we have an opponent and so winning against these opponents is vital. It's vital to everything. And if you don't develop a winning mindset, then you won't even know when you are losing. You know, I've, I've coached wrestling and, and wrestled many, many years, uh, successful careers. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing worse than a kid that doesn't know that they're losing in a, mo in, in a critical match. What are you losing? Do you even know you're losing? How's your marriage? Do you know you're losing it? How's your children? Do you know you're losing them? Hmm. Those are the things you should be reflecting on. It's the closest things to us that the enemy is attacking. The, the, the nuclear family is under attack. The LGBTQ crazies and the government all supporting these, this Babylonian idea of killing our culture is under attack. You know, why, why is the LGBTQ uh, uh, biblically wrong? Because it can't produce anything. It can't multiply. They got to steal our children. They got to pervert our thing. No, let, let the culture, if there's no God, let, let their God create a new human. They got to always pervert what God has done. We have an answer. See, the Bible has the only answer for the creation of everything. 
This culture says creation created everything. No, we are, we are made from a master designer. You don't let these blue-haired crazy people tell you your kids anything. You got, you got kids in school, you better go see, make sure your teacher ain't one of them crazy ones. I'd have major problems. Why? Because they're not going to teach my kid this crazy stuff, that there is no God. What? Oh, we've got to be quiet. Why? You're losing the war. You won't face it. You won't face them. It's time for us to start winning again. And I told you, because if you're not winning, you're losing. There's no neutrality in this thing. There's no neutral ground. You know, there's a, there's a wide road and a narrow road. Listen, there's a wide road and a narrow road. There's no middle road. And the church made this middle road for all the silent people, for all the quiet ones, for all the ones that don't. No. Where did that come from? Closed mouth, don't get fed. To the victor go the spoils. Hey, I'm out, I'm out to win something. I'm out to get after something. I'm running, I'm preaching for reasons. I got a generation, I got a generation of grandkids now that you know what? When I, when I was, when I was in, in, in the 90s, in the 90s, you know, I didn't see those grandkids. I just had my kids. I didn't see the grandkids. And, you know, you can make some dumb decisions when you don't see the future. But when you see those future, when you see the future, guess what? You start seeing it come close to you, you better start making some changes. And I've made changes. Why? Because I can't live the same. Because there's someone else coming. We need to preach to a generation we don't see yet. What do you want to see in this next generation? We have to start winning this cultural wars within our families with everything. Because if we don't do that, we're losing. Things that we used to obtain and we used to have, we don't have no more. We've lost. We've lost the ground in the public square. Don't give me this, well, we're, we're learning lessons. No, that, no, you're losing. You start learning from your loss when you start making strategy and tactical changes. So... I just thought I'd talk to you a little bit, you know, got a, got a big uh, pa pastoral apostolic conference coming up in Chicago, August, uh, I believe it's 11th and 12th or 10th and 11th, whatever that Friday, Saturday is, out in um, Chicago. Uh, you know, you can look up on my, my Facebook line and, and all that good stuff and uh, um, if you'd like to attend, but uh, it's going to be an amazing time. We're going to be speaking about the prophetic, the apostolic, the fivefold ministry. We're going to be discussing convergence, the development of leadership. And again, we will we will definitely be, be teaching and, and praying for people and allowing the Holy Spirit to do his work. But I encourage you, do not let anybody take those two words out of your vocabulary, winning and losing, because you're doing one or the other. You're doing one or the other. Lessons come later, but the realization of I'm not gaining ground, I'm losing ground, I'm losing possessions, I'm losing position, I'm losing authority, I'm gaining authority. Those are things you have to realize and make strategic and tactical changes in order to win. Well, God bless you. I pray that you all have a wonderful day and start looking at everything from a win and loss. And I know this culture don't like that. They want to give everybody a trophy. Not everybody gets a trophy. And not everybody's getting into heaven like everybody thinks they are. 
Oh, you're not, not just read your Bible. Your Bible tells you that. Even the very elect will be deceived. What does that tell you? So don't don't get enamored because you got your favorite preacher. I've been shocked over the garbage some of these guys have been preaching. They got large platforms. It's shocked. Some of the things that they say that do not strengthen the family, that do not strengthen the core of what we need right now. Preaching stuff that's irrelevant to the human, to the human dignity. Preaching happiness and possessions and, and preaching prosperity and preaching these things that mean nothing in the big picture when we're losing a generation. Where this Babylonian, Nebuchadnezzar type thinking has infiltrated every area of our nation and yet we still not preach repentance and turning back towards God and getting the word of God in the forefront of our minds and our lives. Start winning in the mental, in the soulish realm and in the spirit realm. So anyhow, God bless you. We love you. And thank you for listening in to my little rant today. And I pray that if this blessed you, share it. Let everybody know that not everybody out there is crazy. Because we're not. Jesus is Lord. We love him. We thank him for his sacrifice on the cross. We thank him and we will honor him. We'll give Jesus everything he died for. In Jesus' name. God bless you. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.